What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf. Charles Schwab, we were in Texas. It was uh, some pretty big heavy hitters kind of coming out of the finish, but Emiliano Grillo sneaking out the win. First time in, God, what, eight, ten years it feels like since Grillo's been on top of Yeah, the I think they board. said 2015 was the number. Yeah, there you go. So that's uh, probably, what, seven and a half, eight years, depending on, on when he last fell in. I'm not going to go back and, and look specifically, but just know he, he's been cold for a while. And uh, he got lucky. He snuck one through this week, and uh, it was a great week. But, Jack, what you what'd you think? What would you think of the uh, tournament? Yeah, I thought it wasn't the most exciting tournament that we'd ever seen just because it felt like Harry Hall was in such a demand and lost it versus someone winning it. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see. I think the most exciting thing was Scheffler making the push hole in one. Um, and then a couple birdies here and there. Uh, I won, and I want to say 10, which got him within one or two. Yep. And then it just, it just kind of was a, I don't want to try and win it. Just don't lose it for like four players in the field. Hall, Scotty, Shank, and Grio. More power to Grio. He won. He got, you know, over a million dollars. So I don't think anyone's complaining about his win. Yep. But I think the first two days were a little bit more dramatic than the last two days, which is even hard for me to say. When when you look through the different strokes gained of the top players in terms of finishes, I mean, Harry Hall, I think, had like 10 to 12 strokes gained on his on putting. Scotty uh, was crushing it on tee to green, but also lost half a dozen strokes putting. Which is crazy that he still finished third. Yeah, it's absurd. If the guy has a putter, I mean, he could win like every other week. Um, if he really wanted to just kind of make it interesting and just decide he was going to put it all together, I think he would. He could potentially win a few weeks in a row and not even try. Uh, but a lot of those guys up on top of the leaderboards were all good on so many different assets and then struggled on one of them. I think Hovland had a little bit of challenge around the green. Uh, I mean, Hovland had a few challenges, but he was one that stuck out to me in terms of a guy that was towards the top of the leaderboard. I mean, it was a... It was a nice week, and, and again, with the non-elevated field, it was a weird time. One thing I'll say, um, Jordan Spieth was a was one that hurt this week for, specifically for me. In terms of other big names, I mean, Tony Finau missed the cut as well. Sanjay. Sanjay Fleet missed Wood. the cut. Fleetwood missed. Fleetwood was a lot of people's winner's picks this week. Taylor um, Moore. Yeah, Taylor Moore was another one. Again, a lot of um, just a lot of big names that ended up Michael Block. It. Yeah, Michael Block. Yeah, that was a uh, – that was a group decision to lead that one off. So hopefully you guys followed our followed our lead and didn't really push too hard with Michael Block in your lineup. But yeah, a lot of big names ended up missing the cut. It made it extremely difficult to find six guys, especially six or six on made cuts. Um, I saw a lot of lineups that won that started with Scotty Scheffler and Justin Rose. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I saw some with Scotty and Hovland. Um, but outside of that, it was usually Scotty and then a lot of guys in the seven and eight K range. Um, the Probably would have brought you home the money, but um, you just want to loop all that in, right? Get into your DraftKings lineup. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say we had a good week in any sense in terms of DFS. It was one of those things where a lot of people, including the people that I picked, just didn't fulfill to their end. Um, so luckily, we scratched even in terms of 50 50, but not single entries four out of six. That's all you can hope for. Um, Tommy Fleetwood and Dylan Wu missing the cut. Scotty third, Bez 21st, 
Jaeger 68th and Bakhti at 56. That's not going to win you a ton of money. So I think I finished second to last in the 50-50 money pool. So technically got my money back, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, you you and me both. Um, I only actually only had three guys make the cut. Um, so I didn't end up winning in 50-50s or single entries. It was a tough week for me. Um, the funny part is though, is with just those three guys, I was actually closer to the money than I probably should have been, only going three for six. Um, in all honesty, the moment I saw I had three guys missed the cut, I expected myself to be like dead last in 50-50s. Um, I was about half a dozen spots away from making money. Um, but I had Scotty who finished T3. Um, Spieth and Taylor Moore, who both missed the cut. Um, Christian Bezwedenhout, who was T21. Akshay, who was 56. And then again, Zach Johnson, who missed the cut. Um, so it's, it's tough to do a whole lot when it comes to DFS when you only go three for six. Um, but it's just a little unfortunate that uh, my high-profile names like Spieth and Moore both missed the cut. Uh, it's not what you expect from them. Yeah, and then my fan deal, much of the same. Unfortunately, I went over to there. I did have Scotty third. My next best guy was Aaron Baddeley. That'll tell you how my week went. Um, McCarthy, Fleetwood, and Chris Kirk, all three big names missed for me. Um, just a bad overall week for DFS. Yeah, uh, same with me on FanDuel. Another three for six um, with some different names, but again, same ultimate outcome. Um, I had Scotty, who was T3, Tony Fina, who missed the cut, uh, Justin Rose, who was T12, uh, Christian Bezwedenhardt, who was T21, Scott Stallings, who missed the cut, and Zach Johnson, who also missed the cut. So not a great week for me in terms of DFS. I did have better highlights of the week. We'll just say that for sure. All right, Jack, and with our bad DFS, how did you do on bets? Bets were a better week, um, but I think that I would like to pause and let you go first, considering you have another fantastic back-to-back week, my friend. Yeah, I've um, again, I had a lot of stinkers to start the year in terms of weeks, that's for sure. You know, it was, it was worse than, uh, gosh then Jordan Spieth finishes when it, when you're pulling for him. That's how that's for sure. Uh, but I went four for four this week. I had Justin Rose top 30 at minus 125. That was a win. I had Thomas Dietrich top 40 at plus 100. That was a win. I had Scotty Scheffler top 10 at minus 135. That was a win. And then I had Victor Hovland as the top Scandinavian. Um, he had to beat, I think, Alex Noren, Vincent Normand, David Lingmurth, and Henrik Norlander. Um, that was, again, minus 140. That was a win. So going four for four, I'm up 3.25 units on the week um, for a total overall the year of plus 4.71 units. So I gave myself a little bit of a buffer now, uh, which is always nice because now I feel less stressed to uh, to really kind of push on the positives and make sure I get good weeks. I can be played a little bit more safe and steady. Yeah, just for everybody that doesn't remember, because this is monumental. What, seven weeks ago, you were down 15 units? Should we just... Remember this really quickly. Just think about it this way. I was almost 20 units down at Sony. Um, <laughs> so so from the Sony open to now, I've gained 25 units back. That roughly. Maybe ridiculous. 23. Don't hold me to this specific number. All of you nerds out here are going to go back and listen to Sony. And I was like, oh, you're only 19.2 behind on Sony. And I only 4.7 in the positives. That's not 25. It's close. You get the point. It's cl- close enough and still great. You go four for four. You start tailing along. Yeah. Um, we, we had a pretty good week as well. Um, I went five and three or five for eight, depending on what stat you like. Scotty Scheffler top 10. That was a nice win. Scotty top 20 and Ron one scoring. That was a plus number, which is fantastic. 
Danny McCarthy and Taylor Moore both missed the cut. That hurt. Bez top 40 was a plus number. That was awesome. Fleetwood missing the cut hurt. Another big guy. Um, and then Hovland top 21 and then Sa top 40 plus 125 that one. So we went up 2.03 units of profit, bringing us to a positive number of 62.89 units up on the week or oh, not on the week on the pod. Imagine. So Imagine. Yeah, we've been there. Um, so combined pod of uh, over 67 units. Tail along, tail along. It's kind of wild. Now, again, I'm not going to comment how Jack is a majority of those units that are up, but, you know, every little bit counts. Yeah, so. just a slightly higher percentage. Yeah, you know, just, just a little bit. So, uh, no, so Betts, I'd, I'd like to think were the highlights of both of our weeks. Um, we we both didn't really crush it otherwise. Again, with a lot of the big names missing the cut. Um, I'm going to go right through our winners for both of us, Jack, because it wasn't just pretty. Just it. Tommy Fleetwood, uh, or Jack had Tommy Fleetwood, Chris Kirk. I had Jordan Spieth, Danny McCarthy. All of them missed the cut. Wasn't pretty. Uh, for wildcard picks, Jack had Scott Stallings top 20 at plus 400. Uh, Rosie top 10 at plus 300. Um, I had Cage Lee's a top South Korean. Danny McCarthy top 20. And then I threw in the kicker of Michael Block top 40 just for the kicks. Um, I think the only one that won was Rosie. Oh, yeah. You know, baby. So both of mine lost, or technically all three. No, Rose finished 12th. Sorry. Oh, did he finish 12th? I thought you had it. I had it in here as a win. I might have snuck it in early anyways and not giving you the full time frame. So, yeah, that was the only one that was even close. Um, outside of that, it was a pretty pretty tough week for wildcard picks. We getting into uh, the Memorial here, Jack? Yeah, let's go on to Jack's tournament. So we are going to the Memorial at Murfield Village. This is a par 72 totaling 7,540 yards. Last year's winner was Billy Horschel. Um, if you remember that, Billy putted out of his mind that week. I think he was in. So, uh, what, what's the what's the one where you're like, uh, where somebody like brainwashes you, or you're like abducted by aliens and you're playing like an out of body experience kind of deal? No, what, I think they call that playing well. Ah, yeah, no. Well, Billy had that all of a sudden randomly last year. Um, ballistic so, going ballistic. Yeah, he went ballistic all of a sudden. And this is the week. Um, a lot of people remember this course. So back back in COVID times, <laughs> uh, John Rahm was leading this course after three rounds. I think by what four or five, six shots. I think it was six. It was ridiculous. He was absolutely crushing it. Uh, but he had to withdraw. I want to say this was 2021. He had to withdraw after the third round, the moment he stepped off the 18th green, because he tested positive for COVID. And then Patrick Cantley went on and ended up winning it in a playoff. Uh, so that is kind of how I remember this course specifically. Um, I understand what well, you remember this course because of that and not <laughs> because of Jack's tournament. Well, Jack's tournament too, but I, I mean, Jack to Nicholas, not myself. I'm not that egotistical. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Jack Nicholas. I understand, but no, I mean, it's Nicholas's tournament. Patrick Cantley crushes it here. And then Ron had to pull out because because of COVID, even though he was up six. It was just because it's the only time we've seen it happen. Um, this course was redesigned in 2021. So last year's data is technically the most prevalent if you want to be like me and look really hard into statistics. But just know that anybody that played well in the last year or two also played well prior to the course redesign. Um, it didn't really do too much. I think it extended it by about 100 yards. Um, but really, again, irons are still important. Anybody can have a really good putting week. Uh, but again, this course is pretty much a Patrick Cantlay paradise. Don't, I mean, don't ask me why, but he just crushes it here. 
Um, he's won twice and he annually finishes top 10. Um, if you're like me, don't bother looking at his top 10 numbers. They're not pretty. You don't want to bet them. At least, at least right now, if you were going to bet them, you'd want to bet them at like 1201 the moment they came out this morning. But yeah, irons are going to be extremely important. You want good tee to green this week. And this is an elevated event. So we're going to get a lot of the major names here. I think one of the only ones I didn't see was uh, Max Homa. I think Finau might be off this week as well. Um, but outside Taylor of those Moore two. Taylor Moore with Drew. Taylor Moore with Drew? Correct. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a few. I mean, Taylor Moore is not really the same level echelon of name. Uh, but a majority of big names are going to be here this week. So it should be it should be a fun time. And we're going to get a really good feel for Jack's tournament, which is always nice. So Absolutely. And I think this is the best thing that happens to Ohio, except when they come to uh, Aaron Hills. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, let's get right into uh, DraftKings here, Jack. Yeah. So we're going to loop in, as we always do, the 11 and the 10K range. Pretty stacked category. We got Scotty, Rom, Rory, Cantlay, and Shoffley. Yeah, it's uh, it's another dangerous category of a bunch of heavy hitters, and you just got to figure out which ones you like. Um, In all honesty, I don't think anybody is too overpriced at this point in this category. <laughs> well, all right. Rory is. Um. But I'm talking about it in terms of I know in previous tournaments when we've had all of them in the field, they'll put Scotty like six to seven hundred dollars more expensive than even Rom. And then Rom's another four hundred dollars more expensive than anybody else, which he is in this instance. But again, Scotty Scheffler's eight hundred dollars more than Cantlay. I, I don't hate either of those. Um I think, I think the only reason that he is so much farther up is just because of the average finishing, you know, three, two, five, 11, 10, one, four can't lay obviously not too far behind him, you know, nine, 21, three, 14, 19, yeah. but it's just the consistency in which Scheffler's had. And this isn't necessarily a course that is going to be putter, 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 putter. So you take away a little bit of that strokes gain. You can afford to get that leeway. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's kind of what I'm going for is that, it, I don't think Scheffler is too outrageously priced over everybody else. Um, I do think Scheffler is going to be the most popularly owned, and I think it's for a good reason. Um, just so you know, there are three instances of a golfer gaining 15-plus strokes from T Green this season. Um, that was actually Rick Gaiman on Rick Run Good. That was his, um, his stat. Scheffler owns all three of them. So this is, again, a huge T to Green course. And the only guy that can do it three times in a season with more than 15 strokes is Scotty Shuffler. So I love him this week. Again, this is arguably, if you want to say Cantlay, like has really good history at a course. This is one of those. Um, I have no blame it if no blame if you want to go to Cantlay for course history. I don't hate Xander this week. Um, I think he's gonna be just fine, and especially at 10-2, if he can be your second guy, potentially. Um, that's a really nice value for him there. I'm staying away from Rory. Again, I understand that Rory's Rory and he can win just about any week, but it's just been a little inconsistent. Um, and by a little inconsistent, I mean extremely inconsistent on Rory standards. Uh, so I'm avoiding him this week. And then Rom is Rom. Um, I don't mind getting to him this week, but he basically feels a lot like Scotty with me, where he can win just about any week. But Rom has more volatility. Whereas I feel like with Scotty, on a worst case scenario this week, he finishes what 12th place, 15th place. Like, oh no, darn a bad week. We, yeah, a bad week. You only finished top 20. Shoot, what are we gonna do with ourselves? Like, I think that kind of gives you a rundown of my of my preference here. Give me Scotty one, Cantley two, Xander three, Rob four, Rory five. 
Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. Um, the other thing I would say is just for DFS specifically, I think Rory should be an avoid on almost 100% of rosters unless you're just trying to be extremely different. And the only reason I say that is because the volatility is a lot more extreme compared to the other golfers in this category for the price. Yeah. Now, if you're taking a look at a bet, you can argue that a little bit differently. But for DFS, where you can go down $100 and get a guy who is, for lack of a better word, just dominated this course, mm-hmm. or you can go up four to $700 for a guy who's proven that he's the best in the world, or Rom, who has proven he can dominate at this course and has had, what, two weeks in the last you know calendar year. I just don't understand why anyone would want to get to Rory unless they're just trying to be different. Do you do you like my my ranking there, or do you have a different list one through five? I would probably go Scheffler, Cantlay, Rom, and Shoffley. And the only reason I'm flipping Rom and Shoffley is just because I think a lot of people saw Rom at the PGA and they saw that first round 76 and they counted him out. Where after his three rounds were 68, 72, 71. So if you just flip those rounds, he's in deeper contention. Yeah. Um but I just think this course, he has a little bit extra motivation to come here and win. No, makes a lot of sense. Um, again, I don't, I, I don't hate Rom this week. I just think in terms of a, uh, a breakdown, those are my thoughts. But it seems like we're pretty close then. Do you want to jump right into the 9K range? Sure. And that's Colin Morikawa at 9,900 to Matty Ice, Matt Fitzpatrick at 9K. All in all, I have no idea why Matt Fitzpatrick is this high, honestly. So I'm going to be completely honest. I don't love a ton of this range. Um, I think Morikawa is like middling at best right now in terms of iron play. And that's supposed to be what he's best on PGA tour at. So for a guy who whose irons just aren't striking the way they usually are, there's no reason for me to get to him at this, at this price for 9,900 at that point, you either go up to Xander or my, my personal opinion. I mean, go down to a guy like Justin Thomas, 9,200. I think he's a safe bet in here. He keeps getting overlooked now for whatever reason. Everybody wants to drop his price and drop his price. I I don't have any problem going to it. I mean, like, he's not having the world's greatest finishes, but he's still an elite player, and he, any week he's going to give you a top 20. And so if he's your second or third guy and he's giving you a top 20, that means you could potentially have three guys in the top 20. I mean, that's a that's a quick way to win easy money on DraftKings. Yeah, I think the guy that I would – head over heels go for in this category is Terrell Hatton. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. You know, it's his only a second time coming to Murfield village, not the best finish at 33rd here when he came in 2019, but he's been dominating 15, five, three, 19, 34 miscut runner up and fourth in his last bunch of finishes since March. So he's just been killing it on another planet. Everything has been firing on all cylinders. And that includes the PGA championship starting off with a 77. So you take away that 77, even make it a 75. He just jumped eight spots in the ranking. So I think he's firing on all cylinders. That's the guy that I would head over heels go for. I also think this will probably be the cheapest price that Sung JM is going to be owned for the rest of the calendar year. I don't know what's going on with him. Charles Schwab should have been in a lock in terms of what a top 20 might've been. Um, And I think this will be a better week for his game to fire on all cylinders. And, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with JT. Uh, Morikawa Hovland is obviously going to be another good guy that is going to be super underowned, I think. And that's just because of the wedge play that's been around, but he's obviously been dominating. So I think the only guy that I'm 
avoiding is Matt Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Fitzpatrick is going to be an avoid for me as well. I think for me, Sungjae is going to be an avoid just because of what I've seen from him. Um, so after RBC Heritage there in the middle of of April, he went back to Asia to, I don't know, work on a couple Asian tour events and hang out. And he won him. his event. I think he won his event and did a couple other things. But since he's come back, he he's missed both cuts. Um, I don't I don't hate it. Again, he's a guy like where if you want to pick a Rory, you can also pick a Sungjae. I don't think he's going to get that much ownership. That's a different lineup. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. But again, he's missed his two cuts since he's come back from, from Asia. And I just, I want to see it. Um, I would much rather get up a little bit more to JT or Hatton or Hovland. I, I like any of those three. Hovland, Hatton, or Thomas. Is there a reason that, because I'm not fighting for Jason Day this week, is there a reason that you are not as well? I don't think he's played well here in the past. And 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 that's great. Uh, but he's just gotten a little bit more volatile in terms of finishes. There was a stretch there where I think he had about seven or eight weeks where he was top 20 every week, uh, which is great. But now when you're like T40, miscut, first, miscut, you know, 27th, like it's just a lot more ebbing and flowing. And, and for somebody that's at this price, um, 9,400, it's a little bit, it's a little bit volatile. I think you can drop down one to Hatton and get a guy who's basically been top 20 the last five weeks. So you can get Jason Day, but you can get him on the middle of his hot streak as opposed to when he's kind of going up and down hills. Um, but again, Jason Day is Jason Day, and he's got his courses. This is one of his courses. Fair enough. 8K range. We are starting with Jordan Spieth at 8,900, and we are getting down to Siwoo Kim at 8,000. Yeah, so there are a couple guys right off the bat that I want to touch on. First one's Ricky Fowler. Didn't touch him last week at all. I don't even think we mentioned his name more than maybe just saying he's in this category. Yep. But he's coming back into form again, and I really like to see it. Um, he's finished second twice in this event, poor guy. Um, and has three top 15s in his last five events here. So he is just killed here. I think this is a comfortable course for him and he's ranked really, really well in terms of everything, you know, scoring, adjusted scoring, driving iron play. I think everything is firing in all cylinders. This is actually a really reasonable price for him considering uh, you could talk about Corey Connors as well. You could argue this is probably outside of that. I think it was two years ago where he just started to pop off, but he's um, tie eighth at Quail Hollow, tie 12th at Oak Hill. He has perfect in four trips to Murfield Village with two, I think, top 25. So he's been doing really well. The other, other guy, and I know you'll disagree just based on what happened last week, mm-hmm. is Jordan Spieth. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. if he, after last week, missed cut, I think everybody would have been like, okay, his wrist hurts. He's going to take a week off. But I don't think it was a wrist issue that maybe contributed to the miscut. And I think if he's willing to give it another go, maybe he was working on something. And I think he's ready to get back into that competitive play. Yeah. I think so. So I don't blame anybody that wants to get to Jordan Spieth because he's under 9,000. Um, I think I'm going to be a little trigger shy just because that I picked them last week. Um, and I had them basically all across the board. I last last minute last week, pulled him out of my bets. Thank God. Cause he ended up not making his top 20 at all. Um, and that helped me go four for four, but I was, I was a little too heavy on Jordan Spieth and I think I needed to need to overlap or I need to do the opposite this week and maybe just be lighter than everybody else on him. I understand he could do well, but this is something I need to do calculation wise. Uh, but he'd fit a course like this well. 
In terms of my end, again, you mentioned Ricky Fowler, guy's elite course history. If you're looking for a bet, he's not an awful bet this week. To, at least if you want to be like a top five or a top ten, um, if you start getting anywhere to, towards like top 30, his odds start to suck because um, everybody wants to bet him for that. The other guy I'll mention is actually right underneath him, uh, Sahith Gala. He's finished 31 and sixth here the past two years on this course. Um, this is the kind of course that could fit his his game quite well. Um, he's got some decent iron play. Uh, in terms of finishes recently, I mean, he's been playing okay. Um, he was top 10 at Masters, top 10 at RBC. He's kind of, fall, quote, unquote, fallen off the last two weeks with Wells Fargo and PGA Championships, um, just finishing in the 40s and 50s. Uh, but, again, this is something that could fit his style quite well. Uh, last two guys I'll mention, Adam Scott and Siwoo Kim. Um, I like both of them this week. So Siwoo Kim has gained strokes putting in five straight trips to Murfield Village, um, which has basically created three straight top 20s. Uh, it's just made it extremely like extremely beneficial to take Siwoo Kim in this kind of instance, and at 8,000 or swell. Um, Adam Scott has been kind of crushing it as well just over the last, what, two months on tour, basically since the Masters. Um, guy's not finished worse than like 30th. So he's been playing really well. His putters kind of come alive, which has always been his his question mark. Um, so yeah, those are my two. Yeah. And for the record, for anybody that was listening to his comment about Ricky Fowler's top 30 odds being outrageous, they're currently minus 120. So I don't think that yeah. Oh, I thought I saw them at like 175. Okay. I could be mixing them up with somebody else. Could be his top 40. Oh, maybe that's 225. Yeah, that's what I saw. Okay, so, yeah, if you want him, top 30 is not not a horrible option. All right, into the seven case. Tom Kim at 7,900, which is Ooh. really weird to see. All the way up to or down to Hayden Buckley at 7K. Yeah, Tom Kim 7,900 is wild. Um, Unfortunately, this is not a course that really fits his style. Um, The other challenge with Tom Kim is that the name sticks out, but I feel like we haven't gotten the same Tom Kim that we had to end the season last year. Or to start. Um, or, or to start the year. Yeah, that's also fair. Uh, so it's just been a little bit of an interesting time frame because he's back to normal. He's doing and, the heart rate where he's going up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah, and this is kind of a lull for him. Um, again, course doesn't really fit him too well, so I'll probably stay away from him. Uh, with Guerrero winning last week, I think he's going to be a popular option at 7,800. So I'm going to stay away from him. Danny McCarthy is a pretty good course history guy. Uh, so I don't mind going back to him outside of the miscut of Charles Schwab. He had had what three, four, no, five straight top 30 finishes prior to that, um, including the players championship and the PGA championship with both of those. Um, so Denny McCarthy's a solid option. Kuchar's another guy with great course history. The last guy I'll mention in the seven K range that I do also like, um, it's Jack's guy. And I had him a bit last week, but Thomas Dietrich, he's always a, always a solid option to get you a nice finish. 7,100, it's kind of hard to go wrong with him. Uh, but who do you like in the 7K range? Well, before we go any further, I do want to congratulate Fred Biondi, who won the NCAA Men's Individual Championship just a few minutes ago for the Florida Gators. So congratulations to him. Um, not a lot of people, I assume, are watching that on a holiday weekday, uh, or weekend rather, but I was watching, and congratulations to him. But in terms of this category, I do like Nikolai Hoyard a little bit. Okay. Um, I think when he stepped away, he played the world tour, came back for a major. It's been a little bit of quiet, but I think his finishes are still up there with the best of them. And I think at a seven K price, it's kind of ridiculous maybe to not take a flyer in some of your double ups or maybe lower in single entry lineups. 
Thomas Dietrich, like we'll talk about, he is more, he is more likely that he makes the cut than Steph Curry taking a wide open three in practice. So, I mean, you could take the gamble there. Um, it's interesting to see Ryan Fox at this low of a price point. Yeah. 21 at the Schwab, 23 at a major RBC 141, where he obviously was just getting off pneumonia. So I think there's a lot of inflation here in this price. And I think you can definitely get to him. Taylor Montgomery, another guy, not necessarily having the best finishes, but he's made his last two cuts. And I think at 7,200, you're just hoping for a made cut. Um, Bez, the same thing. KH Lee making cuts, refused to name the guy just below him. And Brian, you know who, who did perform well at the Charles Schwab. And if you know, Brian Harmon, when you're not having a 26 under event, will probably make the cut and finish at like that 35th range. So it's not the worst guy in the world to get to. I, I love looking looking at this and seeing Ryan Fox or D Tree as like a, a sixth guy in your lineup. If you yeah, can, isn't that crazy? If you can get a nice lineup going and get Foxy or D Tree as your sixth person, I don't hate it. You just got to find the right mix. Um, but if you can throw in like Thomas and D Tree, and then you got Adam Scott and Siwoo, and then you can either either get like what like a Scheffler and uh, I don't know, uh, fill in somebody else here up top. Whoever whoever you're feeling spicy on, um, can't lie. Yeah, sure. Can't lie. That's a good one. So I think that would be a very dangerous lineup, and that could be win you a decent amount of money. Yeah, you'd hope so, at least. So, all right. Um, I think we let rattled off a few names there in the seven K. Is there is there a specific guy you like over the 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 rest of them in the seven K range? You can only go right into six K. In terms of liking someone over everybody else in the seven K, I think if I were to pick one and stick to it it would be the Nikolai Hoyard pick. Um, I would say that it's probably between him and Ryan Fox in terms of who I would try to go to. But in terms of Hoyard, his finishes on the PGA Tour, 33-28-2, and then World Tour, 32-5-13-10-10. So he has been playing tremendous golf, and it's not going to be in a lot of the events that he succeeded in were these events where you're going... 71 69 70 72 so you're not looking for a guy here that's going to go 20 under and i think this plays better to his game just in terms of what you can get in dfs price point and take that extra money and go apply it somewhere else there you go no that makes sense i saw uh, your face originally questioning that decision but i think yeah, my I, argument I, made the case yeah i had some uh i had some thoughts but but you pretty much got through and got or got through to me and convinced me that it made sense yeah, the other uh, guy, I would go Ryan Fox just because his price yeah. is so extreme for back-to-back 25 finishes and four out of his last – or seven of his last eight events have been top 30, um, even more actually now that I look at it. Um, he's been killing it. I just – a lot of this course, his drivers are really weak point for him in terms yes. of a lot of cases. Um, PGA played really well, and that was really, really good to see, but his price is so deflated here that you can get to it. Just a little fear is his average fantasy point is 60. So compared yeah. to some other guys where Nikolai Hoyard is 82, that is a big difference in what you're getting. Yeah, and that's a challenge. Um, I think that there's definitely some nice volatility in terms of being different here. Again, I love Foxy. I think that that could be a great person as your sixth guy. Um, if you wanted to spice it up and, and go a little more boom bust, you got Montgomery, you got Seamus Power, um, you got D-Tree, you got Hogard. All those guys are close as well. Um, it's just kind of a question of of which one will fit best as your sixth guy into the 6K range. Yeah, I'll start off right away. Um, Justin Saw is a no-brainer, and I think will be a 
very own for a lot of people that were generally roughly watching because they showed a ton of his shots. But his last two finishes are 16 and 26 after that missed cut. Yep. And as you know, we talked about him a lot early. This is playing his strengths where he's not going, you know, 12 under 58, you know, whatever the case might be. This plays a little bit to his strength. I'll talk about him. I'm sure you'll talk about him a little bit. You got to go to Sam Bennett, the kid. Yep. Last time he was out here, he just absolutely dominated. And if you're doing a stars and scrubs lineup, getting a guy at 6,300 who performed literally under the highest amount of pressure that you could physically go into being in one of the feature groups at Sunday at the masters. Yeah. For people who don't remember Sam Bennett was, was the amateur of the masters who was crushing it. And I think was finishing what, like top 25 or something like that. 16th. Yeah. 16th. So he ended up crushing it. He had ton, he had tons of pressure on him after he was the lone amateur to make the cut. Um, and he really performed well to expectations. He had chip-ins all over the place. His short game was elite. Um, and I feel like he's going to go under the radar because people are going to forget about the Masters finish because it was, quote-unquote, so long ago. I think it'll be a, a clean split between there's going to be like 50% ownership from somebody trying to take Scheffler, Cantlay, Xander, and yeah. just scrolling to the bottom of this and recognizing that name for a lot of casual people. But I also think there are going to be a good amount of people that jump up just a couple hundred dollars to Akshay Bhatia. Yep. Um, this is, of course, much like we talk about. You take a look at second when he Puerto Rico Open, he had a 71. Mexico Open, obviously, those are scoring events. But everything else, you know, 69, 68, 70, he could really perform in these non-birdie conditions. And with the iron play that he has, I think he can stick it close and definitely make a cut at 6,500, which is just excellent. Yeah, uh, I I like both of those last two names Jack mentioned and Sam Bennett and Akshay. Um, let me be abundantly clear. I love both of them. Just to mention some other names that could be really good here. Um, Sam Stevens, um, if you guys remember, I've mentioned this a few times in a row. We've had some longer courses that we've been playing the last four or five weeks. Uh, the guys made cut in all of them. T47, T34. Um, PGA PGA championship. He made the cut. Now don't get me wrong. He shot 79 on Sunday and finished T72nd. But again, that was a major championship. And that was also his first major championship. Uh, so I don't feel that poorly about that T72. And then he finished 29th at the Charles Schwab there. So Sam Stevens is 6,500 on another longer course. I don't hate it. Again, you got Akshay at 65. You have Sam Bennett at 62. The other guy I'll mention is Chris Goderup. Um, he's been kind of forgotten last year. He had probably a five to six week period where you finish top 20 all the time. Um, the guy's been crushing it on the corn ferry. Um, now I know again, he, he only played three tournaments on the PGA tour before he ran off the corn ferry tour. He made the cut in all of them. Um, this is more so a, a long-term play for me because I've, I'm expecting the Chris Goddard up that we saw at some point last year to come through again. And at 6,200, there's not a lot of guys that you have a ton of confidence in to make the cut down here. I think Chris Goddard could be a very good option. Um, I'm just going to mention it. I'm not going to him this week because, again, he burned me last week, and he's been a little more volatile for me. Uh, but Zach Johnson um, is down here at 6,200. He's another safety valve if you want to get to him at that price as well. Yeah, the last guy I'll mention is Adam Svensson. He's only missed one cut since the actual waste management back in February. So he's been performing really, really well. And at 6,900, he could be your sixth guy or fifth, fifth guy, depending on what kind of a lineup you're building around. But he's had some good finishes, 13th, 24th, 9th, 
and even just those finishes where he gets 40, 27, 41, that's a made cut. And that's going to get you 65 points in a DFS, which is a whole lot better than sometimes taking a flyer and getting 12 on some of these guys because he got cheap. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a fair play. All right, DraftKings lineup? Yeah, go for it. Take it away. All right, so uh, Jack's been talking a lot about going heavy, grabbing a couple of top guys. Uh, well, this is the lineup I came up with, and I kind of did that. So I'm starting up top with Scotty Scheffler, 11,300. Second, give me Patrick Cantlay at 10,500. Third, give me Siwoo Kim at 8,000. Fourth, give me Chris Kirk at 7,400. Fifth, give me Akshay Bhatia at 6,500. And sixth, give me Sam Bennett at 6,300. I like it. I like it. I think Chris Kirk will have a bounce back week after his miscut last one. This is more of a boring course. It's going to fit to his strategy, much like Cantlay has success here. Exactly. So I think that price point's pretty good. I, on the other hand, went as it might fill the pattern. Excuse me. Scotty Scheffler, 11,300. Xander Shoffley, 10,200. I went to Adam Scott at 8K. Nikolai Hoyard at 7K. Justin Sa at 6,900. And then Akshay Bhatia at 6,500. I think all six of those guys have an extremely good chance to make a cut. And I think four of those five guys or four of those six guys will probably be in contention in top 30. I like it. No, that's a that's a solid, like, I don't want to say balance line. It's a, it's a, I know it's not balanced in terms of prices, but it feels when I when I when I hear you list off those names, I'm like, okay, yep, he'll he'll make a cut, he'll be fine. He'll make a cut, he'll be fine. And I kind of said that about all of them. The only one that's weird for me is Justin Suh, but that's because I have my own challenges just getting to Justin Suh. Um, because I I kept on trying to pick him earlier on in the year when he wasn't making as many cuts. Yeah, back so. to back top 26 finishes. So I really like that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's just again, that's just my bias on it. So all right, into FanDuel. Yeah, my FanDuel lineup, um, for reference, Ryan Fox is incredibly expensive here. Yeah. Um, but Scotty Scheffler, 12,100. John Rahm, 12K. Adam Scott, 79. Or excuse me, let me rephrase that. Scotty, John Rahm, Terrell Hatton, 10,400. Adam Scott, 9,700. Thomas Dietrich, 8,500. And then I took Sam Bennett at 7,300. I think he was the best option down there. I almost yep. took Brant Snedeker, though. I, as funny as it sounds, I looked at Snedeker, and I contemplated it. I also contemplated ZJ, uh, Zach Johnson, and uh, I didn't take either. Though. For my FanDuel lineup, I'm starting with Scotty Scheffler at 12,100. Second, give me Xander Shoffley at 11,400. Third, give me Ricky Fowler at 10,000. Fourth, give me Sahith Bagala at 9,600. Fifth, give me Siwoo Kim at 9,600. And sixth, give me Sam Bennett at 7,300. What are you laughing about? I got five guys above 9,600. I just oh. realized that. I, I I unintentionally went, I feel like I went balanced, but I also went top heavy, as funny as, funny as that sounds to say. It happens well. Um, to my favorite part of this week would be to bets. But considering you had a perfect week last week, I will give you the honor of the T-Box. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not too used to it. That doesn't usually happen for me. So I got to cherish this for a minute and, you know, gloat about it in Jack's face. All right. That was fun. Um, first, first bet, Siwoo Kim, top 40 is minus 160. Uh, second bet's going to be Adam Scott, top 30 at plus 110. My third bet, this one felt a little bit risky. Um, I'm going to go Tom Kim. Top 30 is plus money. Um, he's plus 100, so I'm going to take it. And then my fourth bet is Patrick Cantlay, top 20 at minus 175. I thought you would have switched the uh, Tom Kim bet for Ricky Fowler if we established those odds. 
Yeah. What's his odds? What is uh what are minus his odds 120 on DraftKings? I'm doing it. Yeah. Tom Kim to Ricky Fowler. Cash so. out and lock that, but you might take a little bit of hit on the cash out for Tom yeah. Kim. I'll well, while you do that, I will go ahead and read off my bets. For the 72nd week in a row, we have Scotty Scheffler top 20 and Ron one is plus 115. He's number one outside of John Rahm in terms of Ron one scoring. He's actually pretty much tied with him. Um, Rahm is a little bit more volatile right now. I think Scotty's the safe play and he's been cashing. So easy one there. Uh, next, we have Scotty Scheffler. Top 10 is minus 120. He is there or one or two places off that number, basically since we figured out who he was. So he's been killing it there. I have Xander Shoffley beating Roy McIlroy at a ridiculous minus 110. I don't know how that's possible, but we're taking advantage of that. I don't understand this one at Terrell Hatton top 30 at minus 130. I feel like his odds for the game he's been playing are just tremendous, and I'm taking full advantage of that. Xander Shoffley top 20 is minus 130, a little bit of a bankroll. Adam Scott top 30 plus 120. Justin Sell top 40 plus 145. And a little bit riskier of a bet, Patrick Cantlay to finish seventh or best is plus 197. Oh, okay. A little, little, little high plus number there. All yeah. right. I see you. And for anybody wondering, that plus or top seven number is available on a local Iowa sports betting site. So it won't be available most likely on DraftKings or FanDuel or any one of those. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. Well, do you want to do winner's picks or you want to do wild picks? Yeah. Um, let's do wild cards because I got some fun ones. Okay. You go first, then, if you have fun ones. Mine are, mine are a little bit meh. Tom Kim to miss the cut. Ooh. Plus 275. Wait, plus 275? Yes, sir. Okay. Tempted. Well, maybe a squad ride, but I don't, I don't like cheering against Tom Kim, but yeah. I don't think this course suits the game that he brings, and I think he's in a little bit in a relative term of a slump. Um, yeah. And then I have just a fun one because I like cheering for him. I've watched him in college. Sam Bennett, top 40 is plus 300. Nice. Nice. There you go. That's a fun one. Um, all right. So you and I have, have both have an interesting one as well. Um, so my first wild pick is Scotty Scheffler or Patrick Cantlay to win at plus 350. Um, they're my two favorite people in terms of if you want to take a winner this week at the top of the board. Um, so what better way to do it than to just pick both of them and have one of them win um, at that plus 350. My other one is a, it's just a favorite. I, I, a, I think he has a chance to do it, and B, I also want to see where he goes through with this. Uh, Chris Chris up at top forty is plus three hundred. Um, I just want to see how he comes out this weekend again. He had a long streak of top forties last year, and I remember seeing him at the top of his game. So I want to see him go back to that. Well, those are definitely two top forty wild cards for both <laughs> yes. of us. Yes, exactly. So. All right. Do you got any crazy winners picks this week? You taking Rory, you taking Scotty, you taking Ron? You got any of those? Not crazy. I did go Terrell Hatton for my larger pick. I think okay. that putting isn't going to be the number one statistical category that we look at in terms of this course. And I think that's why Cantlay and Scheffler are very heavily favorited. But I think Hatton is coming in firing on all cylinders. And I think his putter only serves to gain um, just with that iron play. So I think birdies are in order for a guy where, of course, is not necessarily going to go 28 under. Yeah. And I pick Justin Suh um, as my sleeper. I think he's coming back into form, maybe getting a little more confidence under his belt with a couple top 30 finishes. 
I think maybe we see him sneak into a leaderboard at the end of Sunday. Yeah, Hatton's an interesting one for sure. Um, I haven't used him yet, but n- noticing how his game's been playing, I might have to to pull the trigger on Terrell Hatton soon and get him in as a winner's pick. Get him in um, now before Liam takes him because last year, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I mean, knowing my luck, I'll pick him, and that'll be the week he misses the cut. Uh, for my winners this week, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick probably the the common winners pick the people that people are gonna use in one and dones um, if he's on the board. I'm taking Patrick Cantlay. Um, if again, I think if that if you're in a one and done, he's probably going to be top two or three most picked guy in terms of people, and it's because he's really flipping good on this course. Um, does it make sense? Not entirely. Do I care? Nope. Uh, so he's going to be just fine. I'm hoping for a top twenty out of that. My my quote unquote longer shot winner is going to be Harris English. Um, he's been playing really well recently. Uh, I know he had injuries to really start the year, and I feel like he's had injuries for the last borderline year and a half to two years, but he is still a great player. I know he made the Ryder Cup team, and so I'm hoping that he's he's slowly kicking himself back into form and hope for a good week out of him. Yeah, and last thing, now that it is officially official, Ludwig Adberg is now the first player to go directly from college to the PGA Tour from Texas Tech. He mm-hmm. retained his number one collegiate ranking in the world. So congratulations to him. I'm sure we might be seeing a couple sponsorship exemptions in the near future. Oh yeah, we'll see a few. We'll see a few of those guys. I'm sure run run through the PGA Tour on some sponsors exemptions. But good for him. I mean, I've seen him at the top of the leaderboard. It feels like all season. So great to hear him at PGA Tour now. Hey, yeah, congratulations to him. Um, and then the Florida Gators, obviously, on their team and of individual goals uh, or championships. So awesome year for college golf. Hate to see it finish, but. We'll be seeing those guys in the near future. Yeah. All right. So that is it for this week. Um, Next week is the RBC Canadian Open. It's going to be a great week. Uh, uh, Next week is going to be my chance to use all the Canadians that I know in the the PGA Tour and put them all in the lineups. I feel like they always do really well. Shout out Corey Connors. Shout out Nick Taylor. Yeah, Adam Spenson, Nick Taylor, Corey Connors. You name them, I'm probably going to end up with a couple of my lineups. (laughs) Mike Weir. Oh, boy. Uh, but no, so that's, that's it though for this week. Let's go out there. Let's win a bunch of money and we will see you guys next week. Deuces.